0: Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder.
1: All right. Second time's the charm.
0: Hi, guys.
1: <laughs> we have already started. We've already gone through the intro once, and Megan was talking through the whole thing. Didn't, I didn't realize we were recording.
0: I was not aware we were recording, so I was sitting there. Cussing. Cussing. And very ladylike-like. And uh, then I looked up, and I realized we were recording, and I was like, oops, well.
1: Yep. So we had to redo that when you guys will. That will forever be lost to the depths of the deleted folder.
0: Anyway, um, I'm Megan.
1: I am Tyler.
0: And we're this gonna is, have a round of applause. Hey, yay us! Go us!
1: This is our 25th episode of Whiskey and Wonder. It
0: is 25.
1: Yeah, 25. A quarter of a hundred. Almost 52 weeks in a year, right? Almost half a year. Almost six months. Next week will be six six months. And I know we missed at least one week in there. Yeah. For last week, so we're right about six month mark. Oh wow! So nice.
0: Wow. I'm proud of us.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was gonna hit the applause button again, but decided I probably shouldn't do it three times in the first two minutes. <laughs> um. So as I said, we are Whiskey and Wonder. Um, you can check us out at whiskeyandwonder.com. On Instagram, at Whiskey Podcast, YouTube, Whiskey and Wonder, and anywhere else you can find in the show notes or on the screen if you are watching us on YouTube. Um, we're going to try to get through these announcements real quick today because it's not many, not much new. So
0: yeah, it's been a slow,
1: slow week. week. Yeah.
0: Podcast wise.
1: Yeah. So real life
0: wise, it's been really busy
1: um i just I, I will do a quick announcement i am almost 100 percent after appendicitis so i'm back to i can i can do most everything uh just not supposed to be lifting super super heavy things and i'm pain free got a couple new scars which is fun i guess
0: ladies like scars
1: yeah on a big fat belly sure <laughs> anyway uh, uh, other announcements if you go to our website uh, whiskeyandwonder.com and click on the uh, shop page you can find stickers there for $3 you can also find the whiskey tumblers we've got Uh, we finally got a picture up there uh, this week we actually had an email asking us uh, about the pictures and it's been we've been having some trouble with the email servers and whatnot, and Megan's pictures getting through to me uh, where she was taking them with her nice lighting and equipment that she has. And unfortunately, I just wasn't getting the pictures. So it took a little longer than usual to get those up there. But they're up there now. Yep. Um, if you want to order them, you will have to email us. We have the prices there. They're uh, $8 for one, 15 for two, uh, three glasses for 20 and four for 25 That does not include shipping. Uh, we'll have to like manually calculate the shipping. And if you live close by to Charlotte, North Carolina, or Concord. Um, Anywhere near, in
0: the the Charlotte area. Yeah, the Charlotte area. Huntersville. Uh,
1: um, you know, we, we can work out a pickup to save on shipping. Yep. Um, so we will have to calculate shipping costs. That's why I can't just put a button on the website, because if somebody in Alaska buys one, it's going to cost a lot more to ship than if somebody in South Carolina buys one. So yeah, we got to, we got to manually calculate that. So that's why we're asking for emails. Um, in addition, Patreon is live for donations at the moment. Uh, I believe we are uh Patriot, uh, Patreon.com slash whiskey and wonder.
0: You are correct. Uh, our
1: Amazon affiliate link is live on the website. Thank you to everybody that is going through the website. You don't have to buy the set on there. You just got to click it go to Amazon, do your regular shopping and we'll get a percentage that helps yes. us a ton. It
0: helps a ton. Um, so thank you everyone who has done that. Um, you're going to shop on Amazon anyway. So might as well a, help us just, out a little yeah, bit, you know?
1: help us. We appreciate it so much. Um, and the last little announcement is we are extremely, we've shifted now that we've got the glasses in and whatnot. We are looking in, into t-shirts and we're checking out some uh, services right now. So hopefully that will be on the horizon. Maybe maybe we'll have some other equip uh, equipment, other merchandise beyond, you know, T-shirts, maybe like some masks and, you know, whatever else you guys would be interested in. Yeah. Um. So, and as always, thank you guys for your donations, for your support. You know, we wouldn't be here yeah. doing this. We wouldn't be able to keep it up without yeah. some... Cash money's coming in, and yeah. you guys support us and donate to us, and we really appreciate that,
0: yeah, for sure, you guys help out a ton. You're the reason why we've made it to twenty five episodes absolutely
1: so and thank you why we have all this awesome merchandise to sell to you, yes, um, in addition to that i uh, I don't think we've said this in a while, um, and we probably should start saying it a little bit more just for uh. Get the word out there, but I'm sure most people know it. Uh, If you like us, rate us five stars on whatever platform you you listen to us. Subscribe. Do all that good jazz. It helps us gain popularity and helps people to see us. We're sitting here as of right now at 1,325 listens um if you guys remember if you're a long-term listener 2500 i'm gonna shave my beard um yes i think i'm gonna go i've been while i had appendicitis and was off work i played a lot of red dead <laughs> so i think i'm gonna go like the full like fu manchu sorry i had to push the microphone away so the camera can see and like grow it way down and just leave I'm, I'm going to leave a little hang time over here, you know, little just, hang time, little hang time. I'm going to go like the full big bushy Western style Fu Manchu, I think, or maybe I'll take it out wide or something. I don't know. <laughs> but um, uh,
0: help us get to 2,500 listens so we can shave his face.
1: Yep. So that is that is something that will will be happening. Um, all right. Now we're through the announcements, guys. Opening the bottle. All right, Megan, you want to pass me that vial, please, ma'am.
0: This is another Flaviar week. Um, This week we are drinking um, a Japanese whiskey, Ohishi. Ohishi. I suck. Um, I'm gonna go with Ohishi. uh 8-year-old Sherry cask. So, this is a Japanese whiskey that is from a family-run distillery that was founded in 1872 that uses rice to turn into whiskey. So, where most distilleries use barley or rye, this Japanese distillery, Ohishi, uses Rice. So it's a very sake like whiskey, which is very exciting to me because before I got into whiskeys, um, I liked sake a lot and I still like sake. So I'm excited to see what this is going to taste like. Um, they employ koi carp or I i mean, I don't employ koi carp. They they own koi carp to control weeds. Um, and there's, I don't know. It sounds like a distillery. Like I want to go visit. They're, they're pretty, pretty exciting. Um, the whiskey has spent eight years in sherry casks from Spain. And uh, la, 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 la. yeah, this is um, one of, I guess, the higher end whiskeys that we've sampled so far looking at the price point of it um for standard standard size bottle you're looking at uh 89.99 so hopefully this is as good as it is supposed to be have you smelled it yet tyler i have what is what do you smell
1: burn my nose hairs um I get a it is clear in my sinuses for sure um I got hints of it kind of reminded me of a bourbon, okay, kind of sweet hints,
0: okay, I definitely get the sweetness, but I get something really flowery too um I can't quite place the flower, but it's it's definitely floral. I don't know what like I'm smelling, but it's it's floral and Gardeny, fresh outside smell. And butterscotch. I get flowers and butterscotch. That's. Okay. Yeah. I can see that, the with.
1: sweetness being butterscotch. I, I can. Yeah. I would agree with that.
0: I don't know. That. And it's definitely burn your nose hairs. um
1: I. <sighs> I'm struggling with the flowery. There's something there. I'm assuming that's what I'm smelling. I just can't figure out. I can't put my finger on the flavorings. We haven't had many flowery smelling Yeah. whiskies that we've done. We've done, so I think my nose my I'm, I'm a my nose is a flower virgin. <laughs> oh, that sounded real masculine.
0: Uh, I Yeah, yeah, that's hysterical. Um, so we are supposed to be smelling, uh, warm, high alcohol presence. So that's
1: the burn your nose hairs.
0: Mm hmm. Notes of brown sugar and dried flowers. That is super helpful. Thank you. This whiskey review site I'm looking at.
1: Sweet and flowery.
0: Sweet and flowery. Like I said, um, so. What does the card say from Flaviar? We
1: have a Flaviar, and I want you guys to know, I spent a while trying to look up how to read this goddamn thing. Flaviar.
0: Please give us instructions how to read the damn cards.
1: I don't even need instructions. I just need to know, is it outside in or inside out? It's just like three words. Come on, somewhere on your website. And you even have an app for iPhones that supposedly shows you how to do this but not one on Google Play. No.
0: Come on, guys. iPhones suck, so we both are Android users.
1: Exactly. So according to this, and I'm going from outside in here.
0: Okay, that's what we're going to go with.
1: Um, I see you
0: twisting it and turning it. Yeah, I was just
1: reading the side here to see if maybe it did have the words and we're just, you know.
0: Dumb? dumb. No, but it doesn't.
1: Uh, Mm -hmm. No, it says uh, spicy, ashy oak. Cacao or cocoa. Sorry. The uh,
0: um, cow, like.
1: Cocoa. Cocoa.
0: Let me see what it looks like. C
1: O C O A. Cacao cool. is like cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. Cocoa. Okay. Uh, a little bit of vanilla, citrus, fruit, nutty, and sherry. Now, I think. So if you look at this, if you're on YouTube, See how they're different sizes. I think the overwhelming, like the larger the picture, the better or the more intense that flavor is. So Sherry, for instance, on this is the largest picture and it is probably the overwhelming flavor. Um, but I guess I just spoiled the tasting, huh?
0: (laughs) Probably a little (laughs) bit, but that's okay.
1: Whoops. Anyway, um, It's hard to tell what the actual nose is just from this card, but, um, yeah, I don't, I've never had sherry, so I don't know what it tastes like.
0: Sherry is good. I think we've had this conversation before that, um, I've enjoyed sherry in the past. Um, so looking up what cacao is, it is a, or cacao, whatever, um, um, it is a unrefined bean that is used in cocoa powder or cocoa butter. Um Is that like cocoa butter? It looks like it looks like it's mainly used for making like chocolate liqueurs. Um the cocoa is produced by pressing roasted cocoa kernels between hot rollers. Um, so I don't know. Chocolate. We're going to say chocolate. It's chocolate. That's
1: what the picture looks like. It looks like little chocolate bars. Um, so I obviously I put this down while I was messing with this card here, showing it to the camera and whatnot. Uh, I picked this back up and full frontal was brown sugar.
0: Brown,
1: brown sugar is spot on smell for this. Uh I it looks like Megan took a sip. Was that what that woe was from?
0: Yeah. Whoa.
1: Oh man. Um I'm scared now.
0: It's I don't think it's a bad woe. It's just like a I just got smacked in the face by a little Japanese man, woe. Um like Master Roshi came up and just like kicked me in the face. Um it it hits hard on your tongue. Um
1: that but went a completely different direction than I expected it to. Really? Yeah. Like? Like, I, the first sip, I thought it was going to go, you know, just straight down the road, and then it said, nah, we're yeah. going over here. Yeah. It, it, took it like, complete, smacks you in the face. It took a complete turn flavor-wise. Um, It started very sweet for me. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was a definite burn, definite alcohol, uh, but then it turned leathery. Like, I... I Still have like a leather, peaty, earthy taste.
0: So I definitely, there's definitely on the very first sip, there's really sweet and immediately blasts you with spice. Yep. And from the spice, it turns into leathery, florally. I don't think it's as leather as some of the other whiskeys we've had so far. Um, particularly the bogue sound distillery whiskeys. um
1: not the salted caramel,
0: not this obviously <laughs> um, I, I don't
1: get any floral, but, like I said, I'm virgin flower nose, I definitely so.
0: get floral. I get leather, but there's definitely floral mixed in the leather. um I would say it's like a maybe like a rose, um. Maybe, interesting. maybe like an, I don't know, it, uh, rose isn't the right flower.
1: Daffodil. No. Petunia. No. Shasta. <laughs> I, I only know a handful of flowers, Daisy. Anyway, I don't get any flower. I get, I get leathery, um, a little bit peaty, um, But that's, that's very, that's mostly on the back end, just sitting in my throat. Um, I don't, I'm surprised at how quick the spice is. And I've been kind of letting mine just stay on my tongue instead of throwing it back. Uh, mainly just because this is just a small, small amount.
0: It's Jasmine.
1: Um, It's Jasmine.
0: Jasmine is the flower I'm tasting. Lily. Jasmine,
1: sunflower. (laughs) I'm just going off all the hibiscus. Is that a flower? I thought that was a plant.
0: I mean, there's the hibiscus flower.
1: I guess flowers are plants too. (laughs) Jesus Christ! That's like it's like one of those all all uh, squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. Like all flowers are plants, but not all plants are flowers.
0: Yeah, I mean that was that's very true.
1: Insightful. Smart. Anyway. Alright, well, we're gonna sip on that. Specifically, mainly Megan's gonna sip on that while I get into a topic today. All right. If I can find the button.
0: It's time for the wonder segment.
1: Alright, so we're gonna see how that goes this week. See if we get any kind of
0: Copyright flag. Copyright
1: flag for that. Um, And we're not going to do trivia with Tyler to see if it's just one or the other. Yep. All right. So today.
0: What are we learning about today?
1: We're going to learn about something that I briefly brought up a couple weeks ago. Okay. Just as in like a passing. Okay. Um, We're going to learn about the Irish potato famine.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. Are you Irish? Uh, Yeah, somewhere in there.
1: Somewhere in there? Yeah, me too. All right. Yeah. So, anybody that's Irish, feel free, to write us in. Let me know if I got the details wrong on this. But we're going to start. Uh, during the late 1840s, Ireland suffered through one of the worst periods of mass starvation in recent history. Known as the Great Hunger, the Great Starvation, or the Irish Potato Famine to those of us outside of Ireland, this event resulted in the estimated loss of 20 to 25% of the population due to starvation and immigration.
0: Wow. That's a big number.
1: That is huge. So we're going to jump right into it and talk about some of the causes, some of the things that led up to uh, this potato famine.
0: I love potatoes.
1: Nothing Like like a. Idaho potato.
0: Like, if potatoes weren't a thing, I think I would just... My life would be so much less than it is now.
1: I think I do take potatoes for granted. I'm not yeah. going to lie.
0: Potatoes are fantastic.
1: Um. So, as part of the Acts of Union in January of 1801, Ireland was made a part of the United Kingdom with a Lord Lieutenant and Chief Secretary holding executive power in the country. Both of these positions were appointed by the British government, which naturally resulted in British appointments. British people got the power. Ireland was able to send representatives to both the upper and lower House of Parliament. Uh, The upper house, called the House of Lords, saw 28 elected peers, excuse me, in the lower house uh the house of commons saw 105 uh even with the population uh electing this representation between 1832 and 1859 approximately 70% of this representation were landowners or their sons so wealthy british people um In fact, you might ask who could be a landowner. Uh, Landowners were primarily British people, people of British origin, uh, not Irish. In, In fact, due to strict penal laws, Catholics were unable to own or lease lands, hold elected office, or even vote until these laws were repealed in 1829.
0: Well, that's fucked up.
1: It is. Corruption ran rampant in politics back then not much has changed
0: yeah <laughs> same thing today
1: <clears throat> uh most irish were catholic so there weren't many opportunities in politics until the laws were repealed and even when they were repealed the penal laws um i'm sorry even with the penal laws uh, being gone for almost 20 years prior to the famine the effects were still being felt in the 1840s because most of the land was owned by English and Anglo-Irish families while Irish Catholics were forced to work as tenant farmers tenant farming is an agricultural system in which a landowner will contribute their land and an opera um, and and and, and an amount of operating capital um, while the tenant contributes labor and various amounts of capital to farm the land.
0: Okay, so it's it's sharecroppers. Like, Sharecropping um, is a form of this. Yeah, Audie Murphy's family from last week were sharecroppers.
1: Exactly. Um, the bounty is shared between the two parties, whether that uh, is in the form of profits or products. So, for instance, if you grow 100 bushels of corn and you need... Twenty to feed your family and the landowner needs forty. He gets his forty, you get your twenty, you sell the difference, and you split the profit. Um sadly, this relationship can be exploited when the landowners really? have too much power and the tenants are poor or have really? inferior inferior social status. As was the case in Ireland.
0: Yeah, I would have never thought that that would happen. Ew, no,
1: people are too nice for that. Yeah. The world's completely fair. It is. Um, In 1800s Ireland, the middleman sharecropping style was common, with landowners rarely, if ever, visiting their properties. Uh, they imposed a middleman to manage the tenants and property on their behalf, and simply sat back in Britain receiving profits. Um, this took money out of Ireland. The middlemen were responsible for collecting rent from the tenants. Uh, the tenants would be required to pay rent in order to farm the land and raise livestock. Uh, while these rents are being sent back to the English landowners, like I just mentioned, uh, these plots of lands that were leased to tenant farmers were fairly small, ranging in size from 1 to 15 acres. Um, This meant that the tenants typically were were barely able to grow enough crops to provide for their and their families' survival, resulting in no profits from the crops. The tenants were mainly Irish Catholics, like I said earlier. Um, The 1841 census places the population at about 8 million, with around two-thirds of this population dependent on agriculture for survival, uh, but these people weren't making a decent wage. Essentially, it boils down to this: the poor Irish Catholics were paying rent to grow crops on a very small piece of land that was barely able to support their families. So, no profits were being made on the crops. This resulted in the landowners making money from the Irish tenants' rent, but the Irish tenants not making anything off the crops they were growing. The rich. Just getting richer.
0: Takes money to make money, honey.
1: <sighs> yep. And oh, by the way, the crop that these tenant farmers were growing, the potato. Potato. The almighty tater. Uh, so the potato was a crop that was introduced to Ireland by the landowners who wanted the tenants to grow and eat the crop. Originally, it was not favored by the Irish, but by the late, eight, uh, late 17th century, The potato would become a supplementary item and by the 1800s, a staple food, especially during the winter months. There was only really one variety of potato grown in Ireland, and I love this name, called the Irish Lumper. (laughs) That sounds like a terrible name for anything. Uh,
0: I think it should be a tavern or a bar. You want to go down to the Irish Lumper after, after dinner? or whatever the fuck I'm not doing the right
1: accent no, at all. No, <laughs> you're all over the board with that. It went from British to Australian back to American and all. Oh,
0: I I
1: I think I heard Swahili in there somewhere.
0: I'm <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have an excuse for myself.
1: Uh, that sorry. would be a cool pub name. Uh, the Irish Lumper. Yeah, we'll go down to the Lumper. Yeah. Um so uh the vast reliance on only the one food source and Only one variety of it at that uh, resulted in this famine being exceptionally bad. Okay, so let's talk about the actual famine. And God help me pronounce this fucking word.
0: All right. I believe in you.
1: Phytothora. (laughs) What? P-H-Y-T-O-P-H-T-H-O-R-A. Phytophthora. Phytophthora. Did,
0: did you look up on what, nope. the internet how to? Okay. Nope. Well,
1: Phytophthora infestans, <laughs> otherwise known as blight, is a parasite that feeds on various crops. It's believed to have arrived in Ireland in 1842, or between 1842 and 1844, and it has been traced back to the Toluca Valley in Mexico. Uh, it first spread its way through North America and then made its way to Europe. Uh, in the late summer of 1845, newspaper reports of the blight began appearing across Ireland and Europe. However, the full scale of this disaster wasn't known until the crop was harvested in October. A uh, little quick side note here for anybody that may not know how a potato grows it grows underground, uh, so it's kind of hard to tell how effective the actual potato is until they come up out of the ground.
0: And you dig them up, or they pop yeah. up?
1: You dig them up. Okay.
0: Like, I was it's, making it's, sure... Yeah,
1: it's like a carrot. It grows inside the ground.
0: I was making sure that I was imagining yep. the right thing.
1: Yep. I remember growing potatoes with my grandparents when I was a little kid.
0: Potato?
1: Oh, yeah. Red taters. Mm. Um, the crop loss in 1845 was estimated to be between a third and a half of all cultivated area. Fuck. Oh, it gets worse. Oh my God. In 1846, that number increased to three quarters of all cultivated area. 75% of everywhere that was farmed was affected and just useless. This created extreme hardship, no shit, for <laughs> those living in rural really? Ireland. Yeah. Uh, around the fall of 1846 is when the first deaths due to starvation were reported. Um, 1847 actually brought brought a different hardship. The potato crops that year actually produced average yields. So they went back to producing regular amounts of potatoes, but there were so few crops were actually planted because nobody could find uh, seed potatoes, which are essentially the potatoes you use to start the crop. Um, So that caused the potatoes produced, but just very few people actually planted potatoes. So starvation was still running rampant. Um, In 1848, yields were two-thirds of an average yield. So it was only 66%. So, this is looking bad. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. So, how did the government respond?
0: Can I interrupt you and ask a question real quick? Yes, you can. And I don't know if you're going to be able to answer it, but maybe someone listening can email us and answer it. So, you know when you get a bag of potatoes Mm -hmm. and you store them, like, somewhere dark in the pantry, Mm -hmm. they start to sprout and get all that
1: Mm -hmm.
0: shit on them? Isn't that them growing more potatoes?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Like, you could bury that and then grow potatoes? These potatoes didn't do that?
1: I don't know if you can grow other potatoes off that, but it is, it's, I think it's called spuds. I think that's what, I think that's what those are called. And I've always heard, I've always been told they'll grow into potatoes, um, but I've also been told they're poisonous. Oh. Like, Like, that's, like, I cut mine off. If I get a potato that's grown, I'll like cut them off.
0: I mean, I cut mine off too because that's gross. But
1: yeah, uh, I didn't think. I don't, think I don't know. Somebody, if you know, if you know about potatoes, write to us. I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I can look it up well, later. But yeah, um,
0: uh, email us because we need more emails. Yeah, so email us. Please let us know yeah, about potatoes.
1: Absolutely, potato.
0: Um, Sorry, go on. No, the government. You're, you're good. Tell me about the government. Oh, oh
1: you don't want to know. <laughs> we'll talk about the government. Oh, I got a lot about the goddamn government. Anyway,
0: Irish government. <laughs>
1: all government in uh, in 1845 in late 1845 many prominent Irish citizens approached the Lord Lieutenant of Ireland with suggestions on how to limit the scale of the blight some of these suggestions were to open the ports to allow foreign crops to be imported uh, uh, I'm sorry foreign corn to be imported um, to offer public works jobs to people and to prohibit the export of food from ireland and in the most drastic measure of all stop the distillation of grain which
0: no more alcohol
1: no more irish whiskey
0: oh no (gasps) that's a good place for that
1: yes it was um so these suggestions were generally met with apathy and people were told not to be alarmed that they were premature in their concerns and that scientists were inquiring into all those matters. Nice. Daniel O'Connell, who was head of the repeal association, which was an association or an organization, I'm sorry, that wanted to repeal the acts of union and make Ireland separate from the United Kingdom. Um, O'Connell proposed in introducing the tenant right as practiced in the town of Ulster, the only town in Ireland that had this, uh, in effect, uh, essentially what, uh, in Ulster, if you made improve, permanent improvements to the property, you were farming, you were compensated for it everywhere else in Ireland. You weren't the tenant farmers weren't. So there was little motivation for them to, improve the property. O'Connell suggested that that be a nationwide policy. He also noted that other British countries affected by the blight were importing food while halting exports on food. However, this was not the case in Ireland because the British were using Ireland to import food from. Of Um, course they were. He also says that if Ireland had its own parliament, it would surely be taking the same approach as all the other countries had. And it has, it had in the 1780s before it was part of the UK and stopped exporting and started importing. So now let's talk about some of the things the British government actually did do to help. Um, in November of 1845, very early in the famine, uh, United Kingdom, the Prime Minister, uh, Sir Robert Peel, secretly bought 100,000 pounds, and that's pounds as in currency, not weight. He bought 100,000 pounds of corn and maize from the U.S., but due to poor weather conditions, the first shipments did not arrive uh, until February 1846, so about three months later. Um, Unfortunately, the initial shipments were of a type of dried kernel that the Irish mills were unable to to effectively. Oh, this is such a tongue twister because it's two different forms of mill. The Irish mill. (laughs) You already fucked up. The Irish mills were unable to meal and a new milling process had to be invented before meal could be distributed.
0: I'm so proud of you.
1: Oh, my God.
0: I'm so proud of you.
1: Good job. I see. I come from the south where that's all. Those are four different words and they're all one. Pronunciation. They all sound the same. Mill. Yeah, I'm going to have a mill and yeah, take it down to the mill to get it cut. Anyway. Um, this cornmeal, cornmeal also caused bowel issues if not cooked properly. Oh, okay. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. Peel also uh, moved to repeal the corn laws, which were tariffs on grain designed to keep the price of bread high. However, he was unable to gain the support of his party, and it failed. Uh, under Peel, a public's work program was started in Ireland, but it did very little to ease the starvation. Uh, these measures resulted in a split in the Conservative Party and, l- and the fall of Peel's administration. Peel was forced to resign on June 29th, 1846, and Lord John Russell of the Whig Party became prime minister. So now it's time. Let's get wiggy with it. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Yeah, oh. I did that. Sorry. You did Sorry. that. Sorry. I think I just gave everybody cancer. A little bit. <laughs> A little bit. Um, all right. The uh, new Whig administration took a laissez-faire approach and believed that the free market would provide the food that was needed. In fact, they flat out refused to interfere with the movement of food in the UK and went so far as to halting the previous administration's food and relief efforts. He thought the other guys were bad. These guys suck. This led to hundreds of thousands of people without work, money, or food. Um finally, in eighteen forty seven the government abandoned this approach, acknowledging that it had failed uh, in June eighteen forty seven The Poor Law Amendment Act passed, which basically stated, Excuse me, that Irish property owners and tenants would be forced to bear the full fiscal burden of relief almost. All of this entire act was more harmful to the Irish than helpful. Soup kitchens were created along with workhouses, which were essentially what it sounds like, a place that offered living accommodations if you worked, uh, worked for them, um, but they didn't create enough uh, for the scale required to address the situation. Uh, the relief was actually only avail- available if you met very strict conditions as well. For instance, the soup kitchens, soup kitchens, cannot talk, were only available if there wasn't enough room for you at the workhouse, and in order to work at a workhouse, you had to comply with the Gregory Clause in the previous previously mentioned act. It's named after William H. Gregory, and this clause required that all relief applicants give up all but a quarter of an acre of land so in addition to that landowners were now held responsible for in addition landowners were held responsible for paying the rates of every tenant whose yearly rent was four pounds or less now faced with these large bills that they were being forced to cover, the landowners began evicting the poorest people off of the smallest plots. Of course, they did. I'm not paying for you. You're not paying. Get out. Official records of the eviction weren't started. Yeah, official records of the evictions weren't started until 1849. But between 1849 and 1854, 250,000 people were evicted. And it's estimated that more than 250,000 were evicted between 1847 and 1849. This left people with even less than they had before. And as one quote put it, a man went into a workhouse and a pauper came out. If anybody doesn't know what a pauper is, like I didn't, it's a poor person.
0: That's Oliver Twist. Yes. Yeah some i have some more.
1: uh it's still actually debated today as to whether the british government ignored the plight of the irish uh <laughs> <laughs> what in the world i am so sorry guys this sentence i've made a typo and
0: it <laughs> why do you break every time you do that
1: because this one's this one's i know I've i've ignored like three other ones but this one's funny it says it's still debated today as to whether the British government ignored the plight of the Irish poo out of malice. <laughs> <laughs> I meant poor. <laughs> but it says poo and I lost it at poo.
0: Uh, how old are you?
1: Uh four and a half. Okay. I shouldn't be drinking. <laughs> uh, it's still debated today as to whether the British government ignored the plight of the Irish poor out of malice or if they were just too incompetent to actively remedy the situation, personally, I think it was a combo of the two.
0: That sounds most logical to yes. me
1: So we'll talk a quick bit about the immigration. Uh, the famine resulted in huge numbers of Irish immigrants leaving Ireland for u s and Canada, while others immigrated to England, Scotland, South Wales, and Australia. Uh, depending upon the year and the specific county or part of Ireland, some areas saw up to 85% of the population immigrate away. Interestingly, compared to other mass immigrations, whole families tended not to migrate together. It was typically younger family members and almost became a rite of passage to immigrate. Uh, Unlike other migrations, men and women left in similar numbers and at similar times. Uh, It was very, very common for immigrants to send remittances back to family in Ireland so that other family members could leave. Essentially, they would come here, start over, make some money, send it home. Hey, come join me. Cousin Phil or Cousin Sean. Pick an Irish name. Um, Rania. Siobhan. It took me forever to figure out how to pronounce that goddamn name. That is a beautiful name, but it is not spelled at all like Siobhan would be. Anyway, uh, in the U.S., many Irish settled in cities such as Boston, New York City, Baltimore, Philadelphia, uh, mainly because they didn't have any money and were forced to settle in the city they arrived in. Same being said uh, in Canada. Um, Just a couple facts here. Uh, The total number of people who died is not known. But estimates range from 800,000 to 1.5 million. Uh, Most historians accept the number is 1 million approximately. So I've left out one key detail here. How did it actually end? Why did the blight end in Idaho? Or Idaho, (laughs) I was thinking potato, in Ireland. Idaho potatoes. You gotta love it.
0: Potato. Um
1: I couldn't really find a good source to answer that question. Most sources just kinda like, yeah, this happened and everybody left.
0: (laughs) And fixed Um, itself.
1: Well, what I did find suggested that the increase they increased the variety of potatoes, more than just the Irish lumper was planted. Um that helped and it they think the blight just ran its course and petered up. So I guess, I guess it just was done. Okay. It said, we're going to go now. Goodbye.
0: Well, how (laughs) nice of you to come and destroy everything and then leave.
1: Yes. Yes. You could have at least helped us clean it up.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay.
1: And that is a quickie on the Irish potato famine.
0: I am a petito.
1: All right, then. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of sound effects in today.
0: You are. Um, You need to play more video games. So,
1: I pretty much stopped playing video games. I know. I played some Red Dead the other week, but that's the first video game I've played in a long time.
0: I know. It's disappointing. <sighs> Have you seen the Boondock Saints? Nope. I don't know why I asked and then I'm surprised that you haven't at this point. I just should know that it just, if it's a good movie, you haven't seen it.
1: I've seen a couple of good movies.
0: You've seen star Wars.
1: All right. So I,
0: what else have you seen?
1: Not to get sidetracked, but I lump star Wars into like, a it's a, it's a, not a movie. It's like a trilogy. It's a grouping.
0: Yeah. So it's like, a saga.
1: Would, yeah. Sagas. And I don't consider them movies. I consider them sagas like Jurassic park saga. Star Wars saga. Like if I say my favorite movies, I don't put Star Wars in that category. Okay. Harry Potter is another saga.
0: Then what is a movie you've seen?
1: Forrest Gump. Okay. Saving Private Ryan. Okay. Castaway. I, I'm a big Tom Hanks fan. Tom Hanks. Fan, apparently. Hanks. apparently. <laughs> if
0: it has Tom Hanks in it, you've seen um, it.
1: Yeah. Well, just those three. Oh uh, my actually, God. no, not, not true. The Terminal. That's a good one too.
0: Terminal is my favorite Tom Hanks movie. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That's a good one. That's a very good one.
1: Anyway, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get off on a Tom Hanks move, uh, thing.
0: Anyway, Boondock Saints is fantastic and it's about Irish guys. So,
1: I have seen um, gangs, is it gangs in New York? Where it's like an Italian and an Irish mob fight each other basically in the 1800s. Two, two like rival gangs. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> and there's always, you know, uh, The Departed where it's Boston, Irish. A lot of Irish stuff associated with Boston. Probably a lot of Irish settled there.
0: After the potato famine.
1: After the potato famine. You see how that worked? We brought that back, guys. (laughs) Round of applause for us. Anyway, let me get my schedule up here. All right. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's time. So I'm not going to play the... uh, The drop. The drop just because we want to see which one's getting us the copyright claim. We'll go into some trivia with Tyler, if I can. Some
0: Tyler nuggets, guys. Tyler
1: nugget. <clears throat> this will. This is fitting because we were discussing um, cocoa, 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 chocolate bars. The Hershey Ice Cream Company. Are you familiar?
0: I assume Hershey's chocolate, like Hershey bars.
1: Have you seen that logo? Oh my
0: god, it's so far away.
1: Megan's blind, y'all.
0: Yes, I've seen that logo.
1: Yeah, it's like you find it in grocery stores and whatnot. Okay. Big tubs. Anyway.
0: I need new glasses. Like the, that.
1: That was hard to see. The Hershey's Ice Cream Company is a completely separate entity from the Hershey Chocolate Company. Despite both being founded in Lancaster County in the same year, by unrelated men named Hershey.
0: They're not related at all?
1: Nope. They're not connected. Apparently not.
0: Well, fuck. I did not know that. That's fascinating.
1: That is very fascinating. I- I'm more fascinated by the two men in the same county in the same year, both named Hershey, not related, in... I don't think it's said a year, but I'm pretty sure Hershey was like that. Early... Long time ago, 19, <laughs> 19, maybe 18s.
0: Oh, but now, now I'm
1: googling. Hold on.
0: okay. I'm like, nah, now nah, we're not gonna just say early 19s or whatever you just said. It was
1: founded by Jacob Hershey and four of his brothers in 1894, so the 1890s. All well, right, oh, all right, snap. Well,
0: All right, we didn't get a whole lot of mail this week, so shame on you guys.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, naughty, naughty.
0: Uh, We did get a mail from Papa Papa John. (laughs) 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 That's what Tyler told me to call him. No, I
1: said call him Papa Manning. Oh, oh! I, guess I swear so.
0: to God, you said Papa John.
1: No. Anyway, point being, I guess we gave his last name out. We probably shouldn't have done that. Oops. Sorry.
0: <laughs> we'll just call
1: you Papa John. <laughs> uh, Megan, Megan has lost it, guys. I don't know what what just.
0: <laughs> I'm the stupidest person in the world. I couldn't figure out why that was funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was like a delayed reaction. Mm. Oh,
0: oh uh papa john's is a pizza, pizza. chain yeah
1: papa john Sh- <laughs> shatner Schnatter, however you say his name
0: oh my god i was like what's so funny about papa john okay sorry that totally, <laughs>
1: totally- <laughs> oh wait hold on that's the one i meant. oh uh, there you go over your head yep all right what papa john say?
0: <laughs> god okay Papa John said, thank you for reviewing my whiskey request of Maker's Mark 46. I have not yet tasted it. However, I have been a longtime fan of the original Maker's Mark. After your review, I think I'll stick with the original. Tell Megan that her talk on Hugh Glass was awesome. If you haven't seen The Revenant in its entirety, I recommend it highly. I have not. And he's not going to.
1: Probably not. I don't have time to watch movies.
0: Um, I'm still stuck on Papa John.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, while you're trying to work Papa John out, we actually got another email from his son. Papa John's son. Son John. Baby John? Son John. John 5. We'll call him John 5. Uh, it says, hey, it's John, Shelby's older brother. Hi, friend oh, Shelby. Hi, friend Shelby. I have two cool bourbons that you may be interested in. Jeptha Creed Distillery and Wilderness Trail. Jeptha had a unique story owned and run by a mother and daughter that do not use alcohol distilled by other distillers. They also use a corn called Bloody Butcher. So that's badass.
0: Fuck yeah.
1: They need some time to perfect their bourbon, but you got to pull for the little guys. Girl power. Wilderness Trail is a fast growing distiller that started as a major yeast manufacturer for a large portion of the distillers in Kentucky. They're adding a ton of rick houses to cover their uptick. Bourbon is really good, though, uh, especially their bottle in Bond straight bourbon whiskey. Enjoy. Well, John Five, we will put both of those on the list and hopefully find a way to get them here. Maybe if we're uh, in that area, we can sneak a bottle or two. If one of us yes. is on vacation, that maybe would we can find a way to get one shipped here.
0: Yes. Um.
1: If they're not around here already,
0: I don't know. I just pulled up Jep, Jep the Creed, um, because I 100 want to try them and support them. Because who run run the world, girls? Uh, and blood fucking corn sounds like the most badass metal thing ever. So I want, I want, I want.
1: Blood fucking corn. (laughs) It it was called bloody butcher, not blood fucking corn. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) That's funny.
0: I knew it was not blood fucking, but I couldn't remember Ah, the second word.
1: Gotcha. Um, And then we had uh, that's a whiskey glass order, another whiskey glass order. Didn't we have a third message it's on my schedule where it is? Oh, Papa Cross, your Papa.
0: Oh, Papa Cross, that's right. He literally messaged us five right before, minutes yeah. before we started recording. Uh, He was answering what a bus mowdown is because he started his last email with that, and me and Tyler both had no idea what that was. Apparently, a bus mowdown is being thrown under the bus.
1: Ah, I get it. It makes sense now.
0: I mean, I get it. I don't like it, but I get it.
1: I would have never made that connection. I'm, I'm, not, nope, I'm not that clever and not that smart. Never. Um. All right. Well, that has gotten us through mailbag. So it's time for the final thoughts on the whiskey.
0: final thoughts we're on the struggle bus
1: tonight I I am on the struggle bus I keep losing which buttons I'm nervous that's what it is I don't want to hit the wrong button tonight I don't want to hit the, the bad buttons the two or the one that I'm not supposed to hit but all right. so you've been drinking it
0: I have been trying so hard to savor it and not drink it all because we don't have any more and the more I've drank it the more I love it. Like I want I want more of Ohishi more. whiskey.
1: More. I, you, you ever watch that episode of Futurama with the anchovies? Course. I've
0: watched all of Futurama.
1: Yeah, so you're like Zoidberg at the end. <laughs> more. More.
0: Like this is phenomenal. I love it. Like I've if we had more i'd pour a little bit more in my glass i i mean it's the burn as i drank it hasn't been as like punchy um and it might just because I, be because i've gotten used to it um and the floral jasmine is really coming out more the i uh, the sweet is lingering a little bit more it just it's a really really unique taste for a whiskey Um, I definitely see how it's compared to a sake. I can taste like it tastes like a sake whiskey, like whiskey flavored sake. That's the best way I can describe it. It's very, very good. Um, If you are a sake fan and you aren't quite sure if you're going to like whiskey, this is probably a really good whiskey to start out with because it's a very, very smooth transition between the two liquors.
1: What I just heard is that Megan has uh, expensive taste.
0: <laughs> uh yes.
1: Um so as somebody who's only had sake once or twice and never had sherry. Um I'm middle of the road on this. Um it's Not nearly as uh, overpowering as I expected it to be spice-wise when I smelt it. I, I enjoy it. It is something I could sip, but the leather flavor for me is... It's just not my favorite. It's not something I necessarily dislike. But for me, I'm getting a lot of leather, and I prefer the sweetness of a bourbon. Over the leathery, Um, but compared to some other um, flavor profiles, like you know the char and the, I would pick leather over char. Like you know, I'm not. Yeah. You know, I. I, What if we had a scotch last last week or two weeks ago? I I don't remember. Everything blurs together.
0: I don't even know what Um, my name is.
1: We had a scotch, and that had like a faint, um, you know, kind of...
0: Last week, it wasn't a scotch. It was because scotches have to be made in Scotland, but it was basically...
1: That's right. A scotch
0: from Wales. Yes,
1: that's right.
0: It was a single malt whiskey that tasted like
1: a scotch. That's what it was. And for me, that was... I, I just don't like that flavor profile. I think the more I have it, and this is, if I had to rank flavor profiles, this is going to be middle of the road. It's okay. better than the peaty chard, but it's not up there with the sweetness of a bourbon.
0: Okay. I'm definitely going to go above middle ground on this one. Um, And one of the things I forgot to mention, and I'm glad I was sitting here thinking as you were talking this and would probably be an amazing mixer to do a whiskey and coke because at one point, um during your presenting your wonder segment, I took a sip of the whiskey and then immediately took a sip of my coke and it tasted so good that it kind of like flabbergasted me. I'm sure I made a face towards the camera because it was delicious, and you have a vanilla Coke, so I don't know if it counts
1: I do, but I didn't i i think the coke overwhelmed the palate for me um i think i'm gonna have to go i'm gonna give this one a solid six okay solid six it's it's not at all bad it's something i would drink again um i'll put it this way especially for the price point i wouldn't buy it but if you brought it over or if you I was at your place and you broke it out you know I wouldn't be opposed to having some okay that's kind of the way I look at it
0: I get that um I'm gonna go with an eight and I had to debate between doing an eight and a nine um and I ended up deciding to go with an eight because of the price point okay um I have expensive taste, but not an expensive wallet. So, <laughs> so
1: we're poor.
0: Yes. <laughs> Send us money. Help. Um, if, if this was more the price point of other whiskeys, we've tried that, you know, they sit between the 40 and $60 mark. I could get behind that a lot more and easily make this a nine. um, it's just a little bit too pricey for what it is, in my opinion. Um, maybe we catch it at a, on a sale, and it would be amazing. It's definitely a whiskey I would like to have. I would like to keep it in my whiskey cabinet. But I'm not going to go out tomorrow and buy it for 90 bucks. So,
1: Fair enough. Um, I'm glad this came through Flaviar. I will say that. Mm-hmm. I I don't think this would have been one we tried. No, for al- at least a long time. Yeah, you know, if ever, um, because that one we may not even be able to find it here. I'm not I'm not certain. I haven't actually looked at the ABC store for it, but um, all right. So I'm gonna go with a six. And you're going with an eight. Yep. Um, I think that's I think that's a pretty good summary of it. Yeah. Um. I had something else I wanted to say, but it's just gone. Um. Anyway, I reckon on that note, guys. This is this episode's a little bit shorter. I kind of expected it would be just because we didn't really have any announcements, we didn't really have any mailbag to do, and typically our wonder segment is thirty-five, forty-five minutes long. I figured mine might be a little bit on the shorter side, on the thirty-five minute side. So, all right. We're going to get out of y'all's ear today, I believe.
0: All right. Um, well, thank you, Tyler, for wondering me tonight. I do
1: Beautiful. what I can.
0: Potatoes. Um, Taters.
1: Mm, <laughs> give me some of them French fried potatoes.
0: That was very impressive. I like that voice.
1: Is that, uh, what movie is that from?
0: I don't know, but I liked it.
1: Oh, man. What movie is that from? God damn it. Um, I ain't a listening to you no more. Uh, I can't think. Of, if you know that movie, send it in. I've not seen it. I just know the quote. <laughs> of
0: course. <laughs> um,
1: story of my life.
0: Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. On that note, I think that we are going to sign off. Um, thank you guys so much for listening in. Please reach out to us. Shoot us an email. Yeah. Um,
1: check no, us out whiskeyandwonder.com. Uh, You can find everywhere else in the show notes.
0: Yep. Um, If you have a drinking problem, check the show notes. Get yourself some help.
1: Absolutely.
0: And most importantly, don't drink and drive. Cheers.